Welcome to the Open Nerds Podcast. This week, I am with Jackie. And Jackie, you, I asked you for a movie, and you gave me the Marvel Cinematic Universe. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Not that I'm complaining or anything. They're fine, fun (laughs) movies. But there's quite a lot of them, and I didn't get through them all. This is true. There are... Uh, 22 or 23, if you include Captain Marvel. Um, Captain Marvel is the one I've seen the least, and then I've only seen it once thus far. I'm going to go remedy that tonight. Um, the rest I've seen a minimum of probably five times. Oh, good for you. Oh, I take that back. Man and the Wasp, I've only seen twice. Well, <laughs> fair enough. Is twice your minimum? <laughs> Uh, twice. Well, right now, Captain Marvel is at once because I have I don't go to the movies on weekends because I just I hate being with the general public. Oh, uh, other people the. I, uh, what? I'm sorry. Other people the worst. They really are. Like I'm I'm big on movies, right? So if I go to the theater and somebody is using their phone, I want to make them swallow it. Ah, uh, so the only reason I don't have my phone off is because my screensaver is the time, so I can just mm-hmm. the time whenever I can. But to have it on and to talk, I just want to punch you. Well, for me, okay, so talking is just blatant. To me, that's like, I don't know, that's like a straight slap in the face. But the most annoying people to me are the ones who use their phones, like, like in the middle of a movie, they're like, oh, I'm going to text somebody. I wonder what's on Facebook. Get off your phone. Like, I can't, I can't. So I just, I try to avoid that as much as possible. And I go, I go Monday through Thursday, sometimes Sundays, but Sundays lately, I've been kind of running into that more. So I'm more Monday because Monday through Thursday, like you're usually with the actual movie buff crowd. It's the general public that goes on the weekend. So I tend to stay away from that. Without that rule, I probably would have seen Captain Marvel two or three times already. There's, um... A bunch of movie passes that are in America that I'm super jealous of, except for movie pass, which sounds like the worst. Um, have, movie you got, have you got AMC A list? I do. That's how I see a lot of movies quite a, a lot. I used to have the movie pass, but then it just got ridiculous, so I switched to move to uh, AMC. But believe it or not, so um, in the the time that the movie Captain Marvel takes place in 1995, 96. Mm-hmm. At that time, I went to Blockbuster literally every single day and rented a different movie. And I went to the movie theater a minimum of three times a week. And I, there was no movie pass. You just paid for it. <laughs> so. I love that. You are just into movies and you're into these movies. Why are you into superhero movies in particular? Um... Okay, so there are a couple of reasons. There's the whole, like, the cultural thing of, like, nowadays, you know, why do we as a culture like superhero movies, you know, because uh, culturally, I think it's a bit more nuanced. But for me personally, I like them because in a, in a few instances, I actually have read the source material. Um, sometimes with Marvel specifically, I actually am kind of 
backwards on the MCU because the Marvel comics that I read growing up are the things owned by Fox and Sony. So with the MCU, I kind of had to become acquainted with these characters. So like after Iron Man, then I decided to read like Civil War and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's kind of interesting to me to like, you know, the connection between the source material and actually getting to see it on screen. Because um, I also love to read books. So I love anytime you can see like, you have one thing in your head that you're imagining. Comics is a little different because you do get to see the images. But then to see what that looks like in real life, like that's, that's kind of crazy. So I love that element of it. Also, to me, superheroes are like, and this kind of goes back to like the cultural um, explanation. It's who you want to identify with. You know, you want to believe that there is something greater inside of you. And like, that's the whole point of a superhero origin story, right? It's that moment when they realize that like with Captain America, you know, I can do this all day. That's what makes Captain America special. That's what we want to identify with. We want to think no matter how many times we get knocked down, we can get back up. And when you see that and you identify with that, no matter who you identify with, there's something that you can take from that. So to me, that's why I like superhero movies. There's a reason that um, Spider-Man and the X-Men were bought by Fox. They were the only ones that anyone knew or cared about. If Disney had Spider-Man and the X-Men, do you think we'd have the MCU at all? Or would they have just made Spider-Man and X-Men movies? Um, that's a... It's a bit of a loaded question because, okay, so the reason why, there's a little bit of, of history on that. The reason why Dis, like Marvel didn't own the rights to their own characters is because the actual comic books were in danger, like the, Mar the company Marvel, the comics, were in danger of going bankrupt. And in order to stay afloat and not be the end of Marvel Comics, they had to sell off their highest, you know, their highest rated characters. That's how... Fox and Sony got, and Universal got uh, the rights. So if Marvel was never, if Marvel never sold them, they would have been, there would be no Marvel. So the answer to that is like, no, we wouldn't have gotten it because we wouldn't have had Marvel. But if somehow Marvel was able to stay afloat, then that's when you get like the, it's, it's a little more difficult to discern because yeah, odds are they would have been like Warner Brothers and just been like, oh, Batman, we, we have all of the DC lineup. Let's do Batman. Bat Superman. Okay, we'll do Superman. All right, we'll do Batman again. We'll do Super. So yeah, we could be getting nothing but the X-Men and Spider-Man over and over again. And in the 90s, that looked like that's what was going to happen. But so part of the, you know, the MCU existing is they had to take these lesser known characters because that was all they had. But at the same time, it also depends, like we can't know who was there because Kevin Feige, while he's now the head of the MCU, he came from Sony. And so if he had like, say he was still involved somehow with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then who knows that he, you know, that's not to say that he never would have decided, hey, let's take a lesser known character like Iron Man. Because even after Iron Man and the Avengers, who foresaw Guardians of the Galaxy? Like that was an obscure comic, but he was like, no, there's a good story there. So at the same time, you can't really say one way or the other because of you know how things went down, but there's a possibility that someone like Feige could have been like, yeah, let's take Captain America and see what we can do with them. 
And I think that the quality would still be as good as long as they kept the same principles that they have now, which is let's make this by the fans for the fans. I think that's what sets the MCU apart from all the other cinematic universes. Because the other cinematic universes, at least to the fans, feel like, oh, we're a giant corporation and we're going to make money off of the source material that you love. Whereas the MCU is clearly by the fans for the fans. The MCU also feels like that. But what they've done right is we have to make good movies and we don't focus on the bigger picture unless it's like the Avengers uh, movies or the crossover events. So when they made Iron Man, they had no idea what the hell they were doing. They made it without a script. And they're like, maybe this will work. And we'll put an Easter egg in so that if this works, we can tie it in to more movies that we make. Right. I, I think that's, I think there's a bit more to it than that. Like they knew, I think Feige had an idea that he wanted to do. He knew the overarching plan. He knew he wanted to get to the Avengers, but it hinged on the success of Iron Man. Because if Iron Man fails, there is no Avengers initiative. Um, but I think he, like, the the one thing, or not the one thing, because the second thing, I guess, that sets apart the MCU from anything else is an overarching plan. Because to cross over into Star Wars for a second, the main problem that people have with the sequel trilogy is that there is no, there's no continuity. There's no plan from one movie to the next. So you have a trilogy that's just three different movies, as opposed to when you come back to Marvel, it took six movies to get to the payoff of the Avengers. And I'm not saying the other movies weren't you know, good, but the big payoff was like, I watched five movies and now this is my dessert, you know? <laughs> and I think that's why the Avengers was such a great movie because it utilized all that came before. But I think the reason why is because if you watch those other, those first five movies, you're on the road to the Avengers. It's leading you down that path. Like they had a clear plan. And I just think that, like, when Iron Man came out, they were like, all right, we'll see if we get to make a second movie. (laughs) So it was kind of like, if you guys like it, there's more, there's plenty more where that comes from. But if you don't like it, I guess I'm going back to work for Sony. (laughs) I mean, fair. They did have a risk and they took it. And maybe because of all that, it worked because they just said, make this movie really good, please do your best, rather than with. DC and Star Wars and everyone else is doing where it's like, oh cool, cinematic universes can work. If we make a cinematic universe, that will work rather than if we make good movies, they will come to us. So while everyone is working on uh, world building, the way phase one happened was that um, we have an Easter egg for world building, but we're focusing on this movie. Exactly. And I think that's, that's the biggest difference between phase one and phase two, because phase one was, here are, it's, you know what it's like? It's like, it's like reading a book that has an ex that is an excellent book altogether, but each chapter is really good. And the, the phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe work just like that. It's like each phase is its own book, but each movie is its own chapter in that book. And some chapters you don't like as well. Some chapters you're like, I want to just read this chapter over and over and over again. But the benefit is when you get to the end, you were like, oh, 
oh, it was a good book. And in saying like the whole face. And like you said, each movie is its own movie. And I think what didn't work with Days of Ultron was it wasn't its own movie. It was a commercial for phase three. That, like that's, it, that's what it felt like. It felt like a setup for like, oh, you like the first Avengers? Okay, we're going to take that movie and we're going to cram in a bunch of references for what's coming next. And people were like, wait, don't do that. Like you just, you messed up the formula. But then the good thing about Marvel is they learned from it and they were like, oh, okay, let's, let's not do that anymore. I like how they take their lessons on board. Um, they do. They, they, they tend to, they tend to listen, which I cannot say the same for other cinematic universes. At least because it tends to be thing now. They, well, I think they've, they've listened all along. Cause like I said, like when, like, okay, perfect example. When it comes to Captain America, he is my favorite character in the MCU. I'm too. I'm shield. Oh, really? Uh huh. I actually could not stand his character before the Winter Soldier. Okay. But here's how good the Winter Soldier was. Huh? Let's get into this because I love Captain America, the first Avenger. That's my favorite MCU movie because it's a war movie. And I didn't mm. see that in cinemas because, oh, he's called Captain America. Why the hell should I care? <laughs> um, I saw it because by then I saw the connection to the Avengers and it was right before the Avengers. And I was like, all right, let's do this. Um, <laughs> and I saw, but I didn't really have much interest in it before seeing it or even after seeing it. To me, it was just kind of boring. Then I saw the Avengers and he was my least favorite character in the movie, The Avengers. And then Winter Soldier came out. Like, I heard that it was coming out, and I was like, whatever, man. The first Avenger was boring. I don't care about Captain America. Because to me, he was like Superman. He was, not in that he was overpowered, but he was just bland. He was like Mr. Perfect Morals all the time. And I'm like, I don't identify with that. I don't care. But then I saw the elevator scene in the trailer, and I was like, oh, well, shit. Now I have to go see this. Oh, And I God. saw it, and I was like, that was the that was almost better than the Avengers. And it became instantly my favorite Marvel movie. And then through subsequent rewatching of, you know, the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, cause I'm kind of crazy like that. <laughs> every time I've seen the first Avenger again, it's gotten better and better. So it's actually, to me, like I appreciate it way more now, but I didn't like it so much the first time I saw it that I had no desire to see Winter Soldier until I saw the first trailer. But the Winter Soldier was so good that it made me appreciate Steve Rogers from both the first Avenger and the Avengers. And now it has now the the um, Steve or the Captain America trilogy are my favorite. It's my favorite trilogy out of the MCU. His standalone movies are my favorites. Nice. And um, Agent Carter was a TV show that no one saw. But like everyone's <laughs> seen. Come on, everyone else. Get on my level. I have to admit, if we're talking Agent Carter, mm -hmm. the first, okay, so that show came across, just like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they were born out of the one-shots, which in case anybody doesn't know what the Marvel one-shots are, anytime you buy a Blu-ray or DVD of a Marvel movie, when you get to the extra scenes, there are these little shorts that go along with, they're like supplements to the films and there was a one shot of agents of shield of you know watching two agents watching phil colson and jasper sitwell and based on that they kind of created agents of shield 
Um, and then there was a one shot based on Cap on Peggy Carter from the first Avenger. And based on that one shot, they created Agent Carter. And the first season had a lot of throwbacks to um, to the first Avenger, and they, they had featured a lot of Chris Evans, which made me instantly love it. And I liked the story, and it was like it was promising. It was like we're getting we're gonna get to see how Shield was created. And to me, again, I'm a nerd, so I'm gonna reference other nerd stuff like Star Wars. They're not going back to the prequels. <laughs> Um, going back to the prequels, like your expectation was, we're going to get to see how Anakin became Vader. And then you watch it and you're like, yeah, oh, he wasn't okay. He was Vader. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's kind of point one for the dark side, but whatever. So, um, <laughs> but you know, when it came to Agent Carter, the first season was like, okay, we're getting there. Oh man. Next season, we're going to, maybe she creates shield next season. This is awesome. She's got great chemistry with, with, um, Jarvis. And it's a damn shame that Jarvis is married because like they had perfect chemistry in that show. And, you know, of course the nerd in me is like, yeah, Anakin and Padme could take a lesson, but, <laughs> but <laughs> they like, had no chemistry in all of Star Wars, not even in the Clone Wars animated. There is zero chemistry between Anakin and Padme. The only reason they ended up together is so that we could get Luke and Leia. But anyway, <laughs> I think, huh? they bonded over their mutual hatred of sand. Oh, see, man, you, I just got triggered. I can't believe you quoted like the worst line in Star Wars right now. That's just, that's not right. <laughs> anyway. Because why would I? Anyhow, um, so the second season of Agent Carter, it was very much like the prequels. You watch it and you're like, what? <laughs> you're waiting for, because it became this like, goofy sci-fi adventure and there was even an episode where like it was all a musical and you were like how the shit does this create shield and they just went off the rails and that's why it ended so a lot of people are like oh how dare they cancel it and i'm like yeah i can see it i only saw <laughs> one uh because i thought that there was only one season i didn't know that they had like a terrible season too well, it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't at all good. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It just wasn't good. Or worth In any way. Yeah. So it, it, it just, yeah, it wasn't. Because they set up this whole, like, love triangle that wasn't really a triangle. And they had dark matter. And it was like, it was, it had the premise that could have been good. But they were like, now nah, we'll do this and you were like okay let's just end it <laughs> like to me and i'm i'm a diehard mcu fan but i'm like stay on topic okay let's <laughs> the show is to show us how shield got created the end of the first season we're like oh we're getting closer and then we just went off the rails and i was like all right if you're gonna keep diverging like that then just stop it so it didn't really bother me at all that the show ended because basically, if it had come back for a third season, I would have given it one or two shows. And if it kept going in that direction, I wouldn't have finished it. Honestly, I think the worst thing that the MCU has created is the show that shall not be named. And it's not Agent Carter. We're going to name it eventually. I have it on the list. It, so, no, don't say so don't, Because it's just like a bad dream. I only watched four episodes and I was like, F this, I'm done. I can't. So, like they didn't even 
they pretended the source material was just like I don't know, like a myth or something. They didn't. I just. I can't. I don't even want to talk about it. Like it was a terrible, terrible show. I'm looking I hated that show. Talking about it. Um, <laughs> so after uh, chronologically, after Agent Carter, we have Captain Marvel. You've seen Captain Marvel. I haven't. Tell me about it. Okay, so technically chronologically, after um, if you're going chronologically, we've already messed up because you have to start with like you know. Back in the day when the singularity that created the infinity gems. Oh, uh, I hate you already. And then, what? I, uh, deep Marvel lore. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I'm just, okay, I, so if you're there's a movie on uh, America kicks people and Red Skull was cool. That's my level. Okay. And All right, so I'm going to say this. We will we we can start to to stick to that because there then you get into like dark elves and then you get into thor and loki and they're just a lot so if we're going to if we, to stick to your timeline we'll say everything that happens on earth okay okay so sticking to the earth and i think the mcu is like 9999999 or it's 1999999 like repeating because the comics are technically 616 um but the and the, they are technically different universes. There's a comic universe, Earth six one six, and then the MCU, which is Earth one nine 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 nine. I got really and, um, so, to DC. Like, uh, have you read All Star Superman? No, I have not. Well, uh, it's great. Superman die, is dying, which is always mm-hmm. it, all of Superman's good stories are. He just arrived. He dies. He's dying. Those are good ones. <laughs> yeah. Or he's evil. You know what that is, though? Because he is so overpowered, you have to humanize him. And you, so you have to either take away his powers, as in he doesn't know how to use them, so he just got here, or you have to nullify those powers, as in he dies. That's why I'm worried about that- Captain Marvel, because Captain Marvel is basically Superman's powers. So she could just... She is overpowered, but her power set is not the same as Superman's. Could she, she has different, different power set. All by herself. The MCU version of Thanos, yes. Um, if you're talking comics, that's a whole different monster because Thanos, the comic Thanos is more powered. Okay, we'll just stick to the to the MCU. Um, yeah, she could take on Thanos herself. However, okay, so there there are two questions really. If she, like the question number one is. Who can beat Thanos mano a mano without the Infinity Gauntlet? She could easily beat Thanos without the Infinity Gauntlet. Yes, without the Infinity, Infinity Gauntlet, Gauntlet, yeah, without any of the stones, the Hulk still cannot beat Thanos. Even without the stone. Just like in the beginning of Infinity War, when he faced him, he was wearing the gauntlet. He only had one stone, but he didn't need it to beat he didn't need it to, to whoop down on on uh, the Hulk. Because even though the Hulk is powerful, he has never beaten Thanos in the comics. So that was accurate, actually accurate. So when people are like, this is bull, man. I can't believe the Hulk lost. Well, the Hulk always loses to Thanos. Thanos is better than him. <laughs> he's, he's more powerful. Sorry to bust your bubble, but... Th- I mean, but Thanos doesn't necessarily love fighting him, but he always wins. So that was accurate. Um, but in, on, a, like, on a one-on-one fight without the gauntlet, yeah, Captain Marvel's going to win. Um, with the Infinity Gauntlet, you see, here's the, here's the thing that's weird. Mm-hmm. So my knowledge of what happens next comes entirely from the comics because we have not seen the next movie, right? Hasn't even come out. Right. 
and this is why I don't want spoilers because the comic, the movies have already diverged heavily from the comics. So I don't actually know what's going to happen next. For example, from I don't remember Carol Danvers in Infinity Gauntlet at all in the storyline. The person who actually beats Thanos is Nebula. And in the comics, she's his granddaughter. Um, but the way that she beats him is not at all going to happen in Infinity War or in, in Endgame. I know that because they're not going to do what he did in the comics. The comics like got all cosmic and everything and he decided to, he decided he no longer needed to be physically embodied. So he left his body. He, he no longer had use for his body. So he got rid of it. And when he did, Nebula grabbed the gauntlet and put it on. Um, that's obviously not going to happen in Endgame. No. We know that. No. <laughs> so, um, and in, okay. in the comic Endgame, I don't really remember uh, Captain Marvel being in it, but I do know that when Thanos had the gauntlet, and again, this is in the comics, and he is way more powerful in the comics than he is in the MCU. Everybody is. Because um, everybody's like watered down. Everyone's a watered down version of themselves. But um, with the gauntlet, he was able to defeat the Eternals, the Celestials, like all of the cosmic forces that came at him. He imprisoned them. He was that strong. So the comic version of Thanos with the, the full Infinity Gauntlet, no, Captain Marvel couldn't beat them. But again, she's not going to face the comic version. So that's why I'm like, one-on-one -on -one without the Gauntlet, she can easily take him, no contest. With the gauntlet, I'm not sure because I don't know the, how the MCU, like because everything is kind of retconned and everything is kind of diluted, I don't know exactly how much power Thanos is going to have with the gauntlet. I know he's not going to face off, you know, against Celestials and Eternals and put them in like another dimensional prison that they can't escape. So I don't know exactly how far his power set is going to go. So because of that, like, I can't say that she herself can beat him with the gauntlet because, again, I don't know where the powers are going. But I can say without it, she can win. And I can say that in the comics, Thanos does lose. But there's another but. So the main, way, the main place where I say that the movies have diverted from the comics, the comic begins at the end of Infinity War. The comic begins with the snap. So... Oh. That's why I'm like, I have no idea where they're going with this because the comic, the comic is like, okay, there's a snap and then everybody has to figure it out. And it's actually the Silver Surfer who goes to Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange does not die with the snap. He's actually pivotal in the story. So that's why I'm like, all right, Doctor Strange is gone. I got nothing. I have no idea where we're going with this. Adam Warlock is the one. Is, 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 so Nebula gets the actual gauntlet from Thanos and then Adam Warlock is the one who has to take the gauntlet from Nebula. And Thanos does, like, the way the whole comic ends is the way, like, you know that scene at the end of Infinity War when he's just kind of sitting there chilling and he looks out over, like, what looks like a field? That's, yeah. the end, that's the ending for Thanos at the end of the whole thing. He doesn't go to prison. He doesn't get killed. He just chills. Like, he's got this, he puts his equipment on a scarecrow and he's just like a farmer now. <laughs> that's how it ends. So that's why I'm like, okay... They're clearly not going that route, so I have no idea what they're going to do with it. I, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, I love you. you I asked the yes or no question. You're going to have to try to keep me from talking. Oh, I did God. give you that one. This is great. I love this. 
I need deep marvels <laughs> of bullshit. I don't know what you said, but it sounded important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we got uh, Iron Man and Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen I Iron Man 2. Why so many people give, give so much hate to Iron Man 2. I really enjoyed that movie. To me, the worst, I, I have to say that of the... So Thor Ragnarok really like plays a heavy part in this, but of the the three trilogies that we've gotten in the MCU thus far, I've already said Captain America is, is by far the best. But to me, the worst is Iron Man because in the way that Captain America's trilogy went, okay, great, great. Iron Man went great, okay, crap. <laughs> you went the exact opposite way. Um, Iron Man 3 is the worst movie in all of the MCU. Iron Man 2 is not nearly as bad, but so many people hate on it. Now, this is a situation where I am not a comic fan of Iron Man per se. Anytime I've read Iron Man, it is in service to other comics. Like I'm reading an Avengers storyline or I'm reading, well, pretty much like anytime he's in with other, like I've read um, like solo stories for like Black Widow and he'll be, you know, a character in her story, something like that. So I don't actually just go and read an Iron Man story. So I don't really have any kind of love or hate for his rogues gallery, you know, so his villains in particular, or how they, they played them in the MCU. It does, I just go to watch, you know, I'm just a fan at that point. I'm just going to watch the movies. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed both Iron Man and Iron Man 2. But I did not at all enjoy Iron Man 3, and it has nothing to do with the Mandarin. Everybody's always like, the twist. And I'm like, no, it's not the twist. But that's, that's another story for another time. <laughs> I would like to point out that uh, for those one-shots, the only one-shot um, that is like, we apologize for the entire movie is All Hail the King. All Hail the King from, yeah, from Iron Man 3. And it's like, we're very sorry that this movie exists. Whoops. Exactly. Exactly. Like, they retconned the, uh, their own movie at the end of the movie. <laughs> it's, like, it's like they acknowledge, like, yeah, maybe this guy wasn't the best choice to direct these star films. We're just going to not do that again. And if you also pay attention, this, so the main reason why I say Iron Man 3 is the worst is because of all of the movies that we have gotten in the MCU thus far, mm-hmm. they all tie in to a greater picture in some extent with the sole exception being Iron Man 3. Because with the exception of three lines of dialogue across two different movies, you could extract Iron Man 3 and it has zero impact on all of the MCU going forward. What about The Incredible Hulk, the one that most people skipped? Um, well, first of all, I found The Incredible Hulk entertaining. Is it rocket science? No. Is it, you know, it's not Shakespearean in nature, but I knew that and I still enjoyed it. Um, I mean, and it's also, it's the second movie. They were green at the time. Like, can you really judge The Incredible Hulk? Their second, that's like saying, you know what? When you were in second grade, you couldn't properly spell your own name. Now that you're in your 20s, you can, but still, I'm looking at your second grade report card and you sucked. You know, I did suck. Um, (laughs) But that's like, that's what it's like to me. Like at the time I found it, I found it entertaining. Every time I watch it, when I come, when it comes to um, doing marathons, 
like you said, I'll, I'll marathon the entire MCU because that's just how nuts I am. And I never think, oh, I have to get through the Hulk. I'm just like, okay, yeah, next movie, Incredible Hulk. Here we go. And, that's you know, it. Iron Man 2. That's it, isn't it? It's not bad. It's just a movie. Exactly. Like, but when oh. it comes to Iron Man 3, I'm like, ugh, uh-huh, why am I watching this again? I <laughs> once. I think I'm good. Um, and, and exactly, how much of the MCU have you not understood because you didn't watch that movie? Nothing. You've lost no knowledge. <laughs> and that is exactly my point. All right, good to know. Um, there's Thor, which I um, saw the honest trailer commentary of Thor and <laughs> the lasting impact that that movie had was Loki. Oh, Yes. So I am team Loki 100% when it comes to when it well I mean just anything <laughs> but I I love Loki um but the reason why I'm team Loki and not team Thor is because Thor is an idiot and I say that be as nicely as I can if you just watch his movies he is 1500 years old and he still falls for the most elementary of tricks that his brother pulls on him until Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok is finally like, okay, huh? Thor Ragnarok really saved Thor. It did. And to me, it saved the character of Thor, not just his trilogy. It saved his actual character. Because in my eyes, I was like, okay, I, just, like, just like the Grandmaster said, like, okay, here comes Sparkles. <laughs> like he's gonna, he's gonna throw some lightning around and you know be all muscular but he was a very flat character until Ragnarok um but the one problem I have with Ragnarok is I feel like in order for Thor to shine in his own movie they had to mute Loki because Loki is such a force that like if you've seen Thor and Thor the Dark World to be honest the only like I I straight up turn off Thor the Dark World half the time as soon as Loki so-called dies Cause I'm like, yeah, I don't really care about the movie. Like, I'm just here to watch the Loki scenes. That's, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm Thor is so dull <laughs> to me as a character in his own first two movies. And there's, I just don't care about the Jane aspect at all. And I'm just like, get Loki back on. I want to see Loki again. <laughs> Cause he is the character with all the depth in all of the Thor movies. And again, in the, in the Ragnarok, the only way Thor, like the, the best way I should say that they brought Thor's depth out was by muting Loki. He's not, Loki is not as powerful in Thor Ragnarok as he was in the first two Thor movies or the Avengers. And they did that intentionally. And, and I'm like, I can't, I'm not mad at him because the, the character of Thor needed saving. <laughs> so yeah. I get it. But yeah, that's totally what happened. Um, then we have the end of phase one, the Avengers. And they didn't plan for Thanos yet. So who do they bring back? Loki. The best. They did have a for Thanos because Thanos was literally the first character you see in the event. Well, he's he's the first character you hear about in the beginning of the Avengers. So they planned out um, Thanos back then. Yeah, because if you remember, okay, so you don't physically see him until the very last scene, mm-hmm. until the 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 mid credit scene. But if you see the one, the person that is the one who gave Loki the scepter, he is the spokesman for Thanos. Because remember, he's talking and he's talking about him, the one who gave you all of this power. And at the end, it's revealed that it's Thanos. 
Was that so Thanos is pulling the strings. Thanos is the one who gave Loki the scepter, but he did it by using by using the other. That's literally his, his name in the, the film. It's just the other. And the other is the first person you see. Um, he's the one who he's the one who's talking to Loki because at the beginning you're like, well, you, well, actually, okay. So technically, the first person you see, you begin on. I've, it's sad that I've memorized these damn movies. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's first, very useful. But like the very first person you the the first person you see is Nick Fury, because um, he's he's jumping off the helicopter and then he goes to talk to Coulson and they have a conversation about like about what's going on like the Tesseract is about how um how the Tesseract is giving off energy and blah blah blah, and um so that's technically the first person you see but the first time like the first time we understand what's going on because like you see Loki. And you're like, awesome, it's Loki. And he came via the Tesseract. Wait, how did Loki use the Tesseract to get to Earth? Because I thought Loki died. Because that's the last, you know, last time you see him, he let go of Odin's staff. And he's like, screw you, I'd rather, you know, take my chances with the Void. And when through flashback scenes, when you see him talking to the other, and through even current scenes when he gets, when the other takes his consciousness and talks to him, you see the back of Thanos's chair. You just, he doesn't turn around until the end. And at the very end, when the other is like, you know, yo, Logie fucked up. Then, you know, he's, and he tells him, I think the line is like, um, Earth, you know, the humans of Earth were more, we, we assumed that they were just mere mortals, but to court, but to mess with them is to court death. And then you see the chair turn and Thanos smiles. So he was the string he was the puppeteer pulling Loki's string throughout the Avengers. I did not remember that at all. I knew that they said that in Infinity War, but I did. But I thought that was a retcon. But cool. They no, were it was in, even that. Part. Rewatch the Avengers, and there's a scene um, where Loki is holding the Tesseract, and he's watching. He's watching uh, Doctor Selvig put together stuff to be able to. It's right before the scene where um, Selvig tells. A Hawkeye that he needs iridium, uh-huh. and he's hold, Loki's holding the scepter, and all of a sudden, like you see him kind of sit up, and instead of being where he is on Earth, he's on another planet, and he's talking to this character called the Other, who's this freaky-looking alien dude, and the whole conversation he has, they are talking about Thanos. When he was like, uh, when the Other is saying, you know, you you would say that to me, to him who put the scepter in your hand, the him is Thanos. And when you see that moment, his hand gestures back and he's like, he's kind of, it looks like he's talking to empty space, but you realize later he was pointing to the chair that's behind him that you don't know is a chair at the time because it just looks like a massive, like a, a massive rock. And then at the end, when he comes back and he's talking to that person in the post credit scene, that person turns and it's Thanos and he smiles. And what, they, what Infinity War did retcon is, they were going with the comic origin of Thanos was doing all of this to improve the impersonation of death, just known as Lady Death, or just death. Um, and that is not the same as Hela, goddess of death, two different characters. But for some reason in Infinity War, they decided to change it so that instead of doing this to impress death, and by the way, that is why he's called the Mad Titan, because he's crazy. But instead of doing it to impress death, he does it now because, you know, resources and blah, blah, blah. And it makes him seem like, you know, a hero in his own mind. 
in the comics, he's not a hero in his own mind. He's a bastard and he knows and he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> so, so that's what they actually retconned. It was always Thanos. And that's what I meant by like the Avengers were always, the phase one was always leading to the Avengers. And in the Avengers, we find out it was Thanos leading, lead, you know, we're, we're leading up to Thanos. And so with Avengers 2, we're like, oh, Thanos isn't in it? That's why people were expecting Thanos, because Avengers said, hey, Thanos is coming. And then we get Guardians of the Galaxy, where we see Thanos again. So there's like, there's little moments of Thanos throughout the MCU, but we don't actually see him do anything until, until Infinity War. We just kind of, we know he's out there. We hear of him. He's kind of like Voldemort, like Harry Potter, you get like, all this stuff of Voldemort, like you hear about him, but then you don't actually see him, but for like two minutes in each movie. Like that's, that was kind of like, it was like the heir of Thanos. And then it was like, Infinity War, here he is. Nice. And after all that build up, it worked. It did. But before that, we got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy volume. We have Winter Soldier, but we talked about Winter Soldier. Um, we have Guardians of the Galaxy volume one and two. A great Star Wars movie. <laughs> you think Guardians of the Galaxy was a great Star Wars movie? Well, yeah. If we're going for, like, extended universe, like, let's look at beyond, like, Luke Skywalker and his gang and go for new characters. If this was a Star Wars movie, I'd love it. Yeah, I can tell that you don't really watch Star Wars. <laughs> I can I can see that. Um yeah, it's, I wouldn't at all consider Guardians a, a Star Wars film, um, because your main character is more like Han Solo than like Luke Skywalker, and there is no Anakin, there's no Vader, so there's no, there's no real tie to it, because um, I know a little, little too much about Star Wars, um, <laughs> so I would say like just character for character, or like the themes are, are completely different. Sure. But, like, in that it takes place in space, sure. I mean, and that it's a team-up that takes place in space, okay. <laughs> fine. Maybe it was a very loose connection. It, yeah. Guardians <laughs> Maybe the connection is spaceships and a team-up. <laughs> so. Fine, it was a stretch. But <laughs> this is one of my favorite movies. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I found it refreshing. Um, if you love Guardians of the Galaxy... There are callbacks to that in Captain Marvel. Nice. Yes. We've, so um, Captain Marvel kind of like, to me, Captain Marvel is like the Rogue One of MCU. And that like with Rogue One, it answered, it, like, it was like, oh, all the plot holes that you thought the original movies had, here you go. Here are the answers. And that's kind of what Captain Marvel does. Captain Marvel was like, Oh, okay. So you wanted to see how these characters got this and this happened and that. Here you go. <laughs> a lot of that is addressed in Captain Marvel. Nice. I, my um, favorite part of Captain Marvel, a movie that I haven't seen yet, uh, is <laughs> the cameo of Stan Lee. Because Kevin Smith was talking about um, Stan Lee's cameo and how he's reading the Morat script. Yeah, he's, um, he's practicing his monologue for Mallrats. And it's such like, oh, it was such a heartbreaking scene because there's the, this way that it happens, it's, this is not at all a spoiler because it has nothing to do with the plot. But um, she, it's in the trailer, you see her drop on the train and she's looking for the scroll, right? 
and then and... she slapped that old woman, which was just a great meme for like a month. <laughs> it was awesome. So before she finds the old woman, she's going through the train and she's looking at people, trying to find evidence that any of them are a scroll. And she, you know, some people are looking at her and she just kind of looks at them back. And then she gets to this person who's got this, this, what looks like a newspaper, it's not really a newspaper, it's a script. And she slaps it down and she sees that it's Stan Lee and he's going over his mall rats script. And this look that she gives him, it's kind of like that moment in Fast and Furious. I also watch the Fast and Furious movies. There aren't many movies that I don't watch. Um, <laughs> this reminds me of that moment in the Fast and Furious 7, or in Furious 7, where, um, you know, the Paul Walker tribute yeah. at the end where everybody is looking at the character and you know in real life that they know he's dead and they're never going to see him again but the characters are just like it's time for us to let him live and move on and it's that kind of look on her face in my opinion because like we're all thinking it and then she gives him kind of like the only smile that she gives in that scene and it's to stan lee and i'm like oh man get me right in the feels it's and then she just moves on and then she goes and finds the woman <laughs> <So>. <laughs> And slaps her. I want to see that movie just for that slap. It sounds amazing. She doesn't slap her. She actually punches her. Oh, nice. She punches her pretty hard in the face. Even better. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not an accident. She knows that she's the scroll. Oh, good. I'm glad that she just doesn't go around punching old women that she thinks might be a scroll. <laughs> no. It's, um, it, it, again, this doesn't spoil the plot any, but, um, she, when she gets on the train, she passes people and she's looking at everyone. And when she's on the train, as she's looking at people, what she's looking for is someone she's already seen, like a deja vu. And when she sees the old woman, she goes to walk past and she stops and looks back and you realize she passed that woman getting off the train. So she knows she's a scroll. <clears throat> yeah, except it actually was a scroll. <laughs> so. Oh, good. <laughs> She was uh, right, so she didn't just randomly punch some old, you know, random old woman. That'd be hilarious. And then Nick, um, Nick Fury is brought in. It's like, what do you punch this old woman for? Well, it's, okay. So watch the movie, but there are moments like that when it's like, when she's just doing things, like, because it goes back to, like, 90s technology. And she's got this advanced Cree technology that's, you know, faster than ours is now. So her stuff is instantaneous. And she's like, why is this taking so long? <laughs> so, so it's funny because like back in the 90s like it was just a thing like you want to get on the internet okay it takes like five minutes so to me it was like this is awesome technology like I was able to see something from like right now I'm talking to someone in Australia it's tomorrow you know so <laughs> that's why it's so funny to me because I'm old and and like I am the oh, first generation that grew up with the internet this internet I'm just like, this is the best. But like, exactly. but when I first got it, and dad's like, we have internet now. And I'm like, great, load. Still, oh, forget this. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm a bit older. So my generation wasn't all about instant gratification. We were like, man, in just 20 minutes, you can talk to somebody on the other side of the world. And back then, like, use the internet, it took phone minutes, so you couldn't talk to anybody else at the same time. Oh, <laughs> you had to be on a landline. Yep. Dialing noise, and then if you're, if you're on the internet, your dad gets up the phone, it's like, ah! 
Damn. Yeah, you were immediately cut off. Like the second somebody picked up the phone, you were like, ah, now I'll never defeat the Overlord. <laughs> you have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. At this point, they're like, okay. So by this time, we're like, okay, so uh, we, <laughs> we've introduced uh, Thor and Loki's science magic thing. Mm -hmm. um, Doctor Strange does actual magic. We can introduce a face planet, a planet with a face on it. We can lead them into that by having like, I'm using the thing of our business or something. And I've taken this form. And I took the form of, uh, what was it? David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah. That was David Hasselhoff, which is hilarious <laughs> and a great callback. Yeah, it was a callback to him referencing that in the first movie. Um, it's also the second movie that ends by the bad guy saying, by the way, uh, I killed your mother. Which is hilarious because Batman v Superman didn't get away with that because that's stupid. But uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Civil War both end by uh, one of the characters saying, your, father, your mother was murdered by this person. Yeah, I was going to say, I was about to correct you because I was like, Civil War didn't actually say that. Um, he, the reason why Guardians of the Galaxy gets away with it is because it happens so, like, Star-Lord reacts so fast that you kind of just let it go. But when you go back, if you're going to nitpick, yeah, that was dumb. Because there's like, why did you even tell him? There was no reason to let him know, I killed your mother. <laughs> he was 100% along for the ride until you said that. But... The reason, again, the reason why it works is because, like, it's a total reversal. Because you're like, oh, no, Star-Lord is lost. What are we going to, you know, what's going to happen? And then he says that, and it's so instantaneous where Star-Lord was like, nope, fuck that. This is over. And it was like, I mean, because it was so, but whatever, I'm just way too nerdy. Do you know what I'm looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Marvel getting the rights back to their characters. And I want to see a comic accurate Wolverine who's supposed to be short as shit and stocky and not tall and handsome like freaking Hugh Jackman. Though I will say, hey, he did do, he embodied the character as much as he could, but he is not, like Hugh Jackman's like what, 6'4"? Okay, Wolverine, part of Wolverine's character is he gets picked on because people are just look at him, like they see him like a weapon. He's just short and stocky, and they're like, whatever. He's just like a little berserker. Like, nobody pays him any attention. Nobody takes him seriously. Hugh yeah. Jackman's character did not ever have that problem. The only good um, Wolverine movie was Logan. And, yes. And that movie's fantastic. And someone pointed out that Laura is a more comic-accurate uh, representation of Wolverine than uh, Hugh Jackman ever was. She, yeah, because Laura is, she's X-23, and she, they, they got that part right, mm -hmm. that they stuck to comics when it came to her, so she is a better comic book accurate version, um, like pretty much, pretty much the whole X-23 storyline, they nailed it, they, of course they added things that the comic didn't have, you know, like the whole, um, the whole nurse and the Mexican center and all of that stuff, but she was, like, there was a woman who, um, there was a woman who was, who, how they, so how they, I don't think they explained it. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think they explained it very well in the movie at all. But how she became, she came to be and how she was female is that um, 
there was a somebody there was a program where they were trying to um copy logan in the comics everybody just like in the movies where everybody's trying to get the superhero serum in the comics everybody's trying to replicate wolverine's powers because he is virtually immortal he can heal from literally anything is that how dead um, powers in the comics yeah yes cool. um <clears throat> Because Deadpool is not a mutant in the comics, which is why it's kind of weird in the in Deadpool 2 when they were like, they put the collar on him and he suddenly couldn't regenerate. I'm like, but that's not a mutant. Whatever. <laughs> so, is that um, them, them sewing his mouth shut? Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't need to ever reference that movie again, though. No. My stop. favorite thing about... Um, and my favorite thing, I mean, the one I'm like, what? No! Bullshit! Now forget this. Is uh, the story of how Logan got the name Wolverine. Because it's because there's a story about him being a wolf. And I'm like, wolf? And Wolverines what? are not the same animal. No, they're not. I must have missed that. Was that in the one that I don't like and I just ignored completely and you know, tried to forget? Okay, okay yeah. I think oh, yeah, fun. that's the one. I've seen it once, it was, and I'm like, that sucks. Because, I mean, like, it's like they tried to be as far from comic, you know, from the source material as possible. They were like, let's see how far away from source material we can go before anybody calls us on it. <laughs> I feel like that was what that movie was. Okay, let's go back to the MCU. Because this is getting depressing. Um, you bring up Guardians of the Galaxy. Are you meaning, like, Guardians of the Galaxy works as a team-up? Yeah. Versus, like, yeah. Justice League? Okay. Here's the thing, though. Guardians of the Galaxy is a team. In the comics, they are a team. So it's kind of like, so Guardians of the Galaxy, you would have to say, you would have to compare them to like the Fantastic Four because they are a team. Justice League is like the Avengers. It's separate heroes that have their own stories going on their own, you know, they own their own comics coming together to fight an enemy that none of them could could defeat on their own. But we've we've got a direct comparison to the Avengers. With huh? Guardians of the Galaxy, um, they're a, they are a team movie and they have to introduce all these characters in the same movie. And you can do that if you are like, if you're establishing that all of these heroes already exist, you can have Batman bringing together a team. It's like, uh, we have this alien coming down from the sky. We think it's from Krypton, so, or wherever Krypton is. So we have an alien come down from the sky, and all through the movie we think, oh, it's Superman. Cool. So Batman brings together the Flash and, and, that's and, and now that would have been a twist. Uh, brings together the Flash and everyone else, and then Clark Kent, who is not introduced at all, comes in and is like, hey, what's with all the superheroes coming together? And and um, Bat and Bruce Wayne is like, I don't know, I'm not Batman. Um, but, <laughs> but um, Superman finds out that Justice League is coming together, and he's like, "Hey, these guys are from are prisoners from my planet. Uh, can I help?" And he's like, "I guess." And then you just bring them all together, and then that would have been fine. But no, you didn't. I disagree. So the reason why I disagree. <laughs> You don't believe it. Okay, I, I, I do actually have a, a, a method in my head of how DC could have been 
just as good, if not better than Marvel. Okay. Um, but the, to debunk yours really quick, the reason okay. why that doesn't work and the reason why it worked for Guardians of the Galaxy is because Guardians of the Galaxy are nobodies. It's just, it's the same thing. I hate to do this, but I got, I have to. It's the same thing with The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi is a movie that is supposed to tie in to the Skywalker saga. The Skywalker saga is about Anakin Skywalker and Luke Skywalker is the remnant of that. Okay, and this is from the man himself, George Lucas. Okay, so why are you having a movie that has nothing to do with any of the damn Skywalkers? The hell are you doing? You can't just be like, I'm nobody. Okay, and get off the freaking screen. I don't need to see you anymore. <laughs> so if you want to be a nobody, then go be in Rogue One or some shit. This is a Skywalker movie, okay? But the thing, so, is, well, the thing with that, the thing that I'll hit back is that um, she can be nobody. That's fine. What matters is that, like, Luke Skywalker is like, I'm going to make, I'm going to train you to be um, this powerful Jedi. We're going to work at it for like months if we have to. And then there's a montage of them bonding and, and working and stuff. But You would be right if this were not a Skywalker saga film, okay? Star Wars has, okay, again. So what if, what if the, saga, the number films, huh? What if, okay, what if Luke Skywalker is like, after Ben, like I cut myself off from the rest of my family and stuff. And then, um, which he would never, Luke Skywalker would never do that, but okay. Whatever he did in the movie, <laughs> we're working with this. I don't like it either. I don't care though. But what if, <laughs> but what if, um, uh, I don't give a shit. Fine. Uh, back to Marvel. My whole point of, of bringing that up is that the reason why Guardians of the Galaxy worked is because they're nobodies. No, aside from diehard comic fans, they didn't know who Groot or Rocket Raccoon or Star-Lord or Gamora or Drax the Destroyer or Yondu. Nobody knew who they were unless you were a diehard comic fan and you've already read Guardians of the Galaxy. Everybody on the planet knows Clark Kent is Superman. Everybody on the planet, people who have never spoken a word of English in their lives have that S on their chest. Okay. In Everybody my, knows that planet it means hope. And it's like exactly. in America it means ass. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> but see, but you can't take I, the most iconic superheroes of all time being Superman and Batman, and the only one that is in that trilogy is Spider-Man. You can't say you can't treat them as if they're nobody and nobody knows who they are. You can't do that. That's true. That's like having Oprah interview you and you're just going to act like you're talking to Bob from down the street. Like, no, there's a significance here, okay? This is, we know who you're talking to. <laughs> so, but, I, but seriously, like, you can't treat the, you can't treat these, you can't treat literally the most iconic characters in real life as if they're nobodies. That's you true. have to, they have significance. They need, they require their own movie to set them up. So... We you have to set a separate uh, episode about DC. Yes. And in that episode, I will tell you my plan for how DC could have pulled off beating the MCU. Nice. And it deals nice. with the Injustice storyline. Do you know the Injustice storyline? Uh, yes, but let's not get into it right now. <laughs> okay. Anywho. So back to the MCU. <laughs> so uh, we got Avengers Age of Ultron, which... Um, 
was an entire mess. And if you've seen the commentary, have have at it. The commentary is a delight. I did not see the commentary. Okay, so here's here's the thing with with Age of Ultron. Okay. With with Age of Ultron, I saw it for the very first time. First of all, I was like, I was super hyped. I went to the ultimate Marvel movie marathon at Disneyland, uh-huh. and um, and I. I showed up on Wednesday at noon and I left at 10 p.m. on Thursday night. (laughs) And I watched all 11 Marvel movies back to back. And um, and so I was and I stayed awake through all of them. I was (laughs) super tired. I literally went more than 24 hours of watching watching. It was like what 35 hours watching Marvel movies 30 44 something like that. Um, I was super tired when it came on uh-huh. and when I watched it, I was like, it was dead. my expectations were so high because the Avengers was so awesome and the trailers made Age of Ultron look so awesome and James Spader's voice was so menacing and it was just like, oh, this is what we've been waiting for. It's going to be so great. And then I watched it and then I was like, huh. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm I'm probably really tired. I can't really say how I feel. Like I I I was excited at the excited parts, but then like his plan happened and I'm like, okay, all right, all right, sure. And then I watched I watched the, the plot and I was like, all right, well, Tony and Bruce are creating Ultron. Yeah, all right, whatever. But then you get to the part where and then you know Thor takes a bath and I'm like, I don't, you know, whatever. But then you get to the part where Vision is created, and I'm like, "All right, you got me back." And then, then he ha- comes Vision. up with his plan. When Vision lifts up the hammer, just like it's nothing, everyone was like, "Yeah!" And there was also that scene where everyone's trying to lift up Thor's hammer. Which again, like it's, I think it's cool that they kind of nodded to the fact that Cap moved the hammer. He couldn't pick it up, but he moved the hammer in the comics. Face. The look on Thor's face where he's like, what the hell? Do you want to know the other person in the room who attempted to pick up the hammer that in the comics has wielded Mjolnir? Sure. Black Widow. Oh, really? That's cool. She has wielded Mjolnir in the comics, yes. So um, it's funny that she didn't even try. She's like, oh, psh. Because in the, in the MCU, the, their thought of being worthy is not what the 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 original version of being worthy would mean. Because think about it, Thor is like he's Brody's Norse mythology. These are the Vikings. For the Vikings, being worthy is not about being nice and not being a warmonger. It's about being the best warmonger you could be. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. So being worthy is not. You know, like, cause, and, and that's why I really liked Ragnarok because they kind of were like, no, no, this was the real Odin. <laughs> like, this is like the warmongering version that we know, like, that's the real Odin. And he just became soft when he had Thor. And, um, and I like the theory that Odin was the original who gathered all of, who tried to gather the Infinity Stones. And when he got to Nidvlir and went to get the Soul Stone, the price he would have had to pay was Hela's life and decided not to do it. So he gave up on the quest. And Hela was like, hell no. And so that's when he decided, like that was the retcon, that was the change that made him become the nicer Odin. 
and why he decided to put away, you know, the the warring past. I like that theory because it actually it makes sense and it it explains how Odin became the raging hypocrite that he was. <laughs> so, nice. So um yeah, I just I don't even remember like what oh we were talking about Age of Ultron. Um but yeah, it, being worthy didn't mean being like the nicest person in the world. It meant being the best soldier and being pure, more being pure of intent, which is why Captain America was, is always able to wield Mjolnir. I like that in the MCU, only Thor can wield Mjolnir. Um, and Vision. And Vision. So they're, they're, those are the only two because if anyone can wield Mjolnir, Mjolnir, Mjolnir um, <laughs> Just say how how Darby pronounced Mew Mew. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was funny. So, Age of Ultron, bit of a disappointment uh, with some fun bits. It's a 6 out of 10 movie when you wanted a 10 out of 10. It, okay, so Age of Ultron was very much like The Last Jedi for me. When I first came out of it, I had to admit to myself that my expectations were too high and that I needed oh, to see it again. Just a bit. Yeah, like maybe just a bit. And so at first I gave the excuse of, oh, I was so tired. I can't really give an accurate assessment of whether or not I liked it. I have to watch it again. And with both Age of Ultron and The Last Jedi, I have now realized when I come out of a movie and I'm like, well, I have to watch it again. That means it wasn't a good movie, but I'm trying <laughs> really hard to like it. Yeah. Like I just can't justify in my head why I don't like it. So I just, I need to watch it again to prove to myself that it was good. And usually what happens is after subsequent viewings, like each time I watch it, I'm like, oh man, why did I like this? I was <laughs> um, with Harry Potter, with Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald. I'm like, oh, they're mm -hmm. in the ministry, they're doing stuff. And then as soon as, and then the more I thought about it, I'm like, this is stupid and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I feel about both Age of Ultron and The Last Jedi. I'm going to have a Harry Potter episode <laughs> to go into this fully, but the fact that... No, I, the way you are about Star Wars... The fact that with Last Jedi, like, Star Wars fans are like, mm -hmm. I liked it. I think that it, this bits are good, and I don't think that. While others are like, no, it all sucks because of these reasons, but with, like, Crime <laughs> of Ford, every single Harry Potter fan that I talked to was like, this is terrible. Why is it... Because it's not only bad because it's a stupid movie, but also, all the references and bullshit that they put in, it's like, look, he has a brother. I'm like, no, it fucking doesn't. His brother is like a different person. You dumbass. And then and we actually had this conversation on Facebook before, but I would argue that it's the exact same. Because as a Star Wars fan, like a perfect example, the people who were like, oh, I liked it because of this. Almost every single one of those people, when I talk to them, I'm like, oh, okay, how many Star Wars movies have you seen? Oh, this one? Exactly. You're not actually a Star Wars fan until you just like this movie. And there's nothing wrong with that. But no. people who've actually watched all eight of the Star Wars films and they know the lore, they, I have not seen one person who is actually a fan of Star Wars that did not have a problem with the way The Last Jedi handled Star Wars. Well, like, at least a fan like i like all these movies they're kind of fun which is the level i was at with the original trilogy uh, right but i'm 
I would consider myself a Harry Potter fan. Like I read all of the wikis. I know Harry Potter's <laughs> grandfather's cousin's maiden's cat's name. Right. See, and that's my point. When you get to a Star Wars fan like that, not one of them like The Last Jedi. Because I, I'm not going to get into it. I'm going to have a Star Wars. But in the, same way, in the same way, I'm the opposite. I watched all of the Harry Potter movies. Uh-huh. Didn't really pay attention. I didn't even remember Dumbledore died until somebody told me. And I'm like, he did? And I'd seen the movie. <laughs> I've seen all of them. But then, and I didn't bother to watch Crimes of, uh, the first Crimes of Grindelwald because I was like, I, you know, like, isn't the Harry Potter thing over? Like, whatever. And then I have the movie passed and I wanted to go to the movies and it hadn't started. I'm like, yeah, whatever. There was like a controversy about it. So I'm like, I don't care. And I watched Crimes of Grindelwald too. I mean, I watched, you know, I watched Fantastic Beasts too. And I was like, I liked it. I don't see why everybody hates it. <laughs> and I was like, I, didn't, I don't see how it contradicts Harry Potter lore because I also don't know Harry Potter lore. Yeah. So, like, and I think it's the exact same thing. Like, people who, who are huge Star Wars fans are like, no, it contradicts the lore because, like, for example, like you said, you even said, and you're not a huge Star Wars fan, like, she okay. needed to be trained. The Jesus Christ of Star Wars is Anakin Skywalker, and he trained as a Jedi for a decade. And you're telling me this chick out of nowhere is just like moving rocks. I'm like, if you don't shut the fuck up, I just see now I need to change the subject. <laughs> we are running way over time. This is great. We're about halfway through. So, Ant-Man, we're going to do this in bulk, and you're going to tell me what okay. you want to talk about. Ant-Man, Civil War, Black Panther. Go. I would pick Civil War. Um, okay. I liked Black Panther, but it's, it, I mean, it's a good film. It's definitely not worthy of all the hate that it's been getting lately. God, no. But which you notice has been like lately. Um, but it's, it's definitely not the great, like the best. It's not in top five to me of, of MCU. Um, Ant-Man was exactly, is a movie that knew exactly what it was. It's a heist movie. It was a heist movie. And you know what? And I think that that is, perfect for the MCU because you have a tendency with stories like, you know, especially comic book stories, you have a tendency for everything has to be bigger. And I think that's what happened with, with um, Age of Ultron. Everything has to be bigger. We did this in the last one. Now we have to make it, you know, on a global scale. It's got to be bigger, 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 bigger. And Ant-Man was a way of coming back to Earth, being grounded. Here's just a normal story. It's funny. You enjoy it. Okay, move on. I think so I, I needs movies like that and Ant-Man it does. is one to be like all right we did the big cosmic bullshit now yeah. we're gonna bring it back down to earth and now bring it back down and just give you a, a quick heist movie it's funny it's serviceable it does exactly what it needs to do and I love it for that I love um, that Ant-Man yeah. is the one that's a small movie exactly and see and again it's perfect <laughs> it's and like I said I'm pretty sure this was all planned out <laughs> Um, as far as Civil War, oh man, I love that movie. I there are times when I'm like, oh, it's oh. more Avengers than Ultron was. It is, but at the same time, I understand exactly why it's called Captain America because it is a Captain America movie. It is the end of his personal arc in the MCU up to that point. Um, if you look at him. And he doesn't really have an, a stake in the game in either of the first two Avengers movies. He's just kind of a side character. He's but his personal goes, huh? He's there to help. And in exactly. Civil War, 
at some point, it is one hundred percent revolved around him. Yes, Tony Stark is a like co-protagonist, but the main like when you actually break apart the movie, and I think that's a lot of that's a thing that a lot of people have a hard time doing. People have a hard time looking at these movies objectively. And if you look at Civil War objectively, it is a Captain America movie. He is the main character because it is all about whether or not he is going to sign the accords. The, in all three acts revolve around him, about what he is going to do in that situation. And it ends with him. And so it, it actually... as well. Yes. He's there, he's there to be an antagonist. And I like the fact that there are two antagonists that you have like you have Zemo who sets things up but then the real battle is the inner again Steve Rogers is the main character so the real battle for Steve is who is he going to pick is he going to be on Bucky's side or on Tony's side and it's not as easy as picking a you know his best friend over a friend you know a co-worker essentially um the one line I didn't like in Civil War when he was like He's my friend, Tony. And Tony goes, so was I. I'm like, no, you weren't. You were a coworker. Anyway. <laughs> I like that line. That line's great. For me, with, <laughs> with Black Panther in particular, <laughs> I liked the uh, world building in Black Panther and the entire setup of that country was great. And the story itself was fine. Well, I mean, the story itself is not one that we haven't seen before. It was just a new take on it. So I thought that was refreshing. Because the story, I mean, it, it, Thor, Black Panther, and Aquaman are the same story. True. But with the setting and um, everything else around it, it's very interesting. And when you read about people that were um, deeply affected by the movie, even though the movie's like a 7 out of 10, it's still... It, I still am glad that it happened because of everything that happened around it. I mean, the cultural impact? Yeah, cultural impact. That's the one. Right. <laughs> now, I'm going Spider-Man. The fact that they got Spider-Man back is amazing. Yes. Um, I like Spider-Man. He is not in my Spider-Man: Homecoming is not in my top ten Marvel movies. It's middle of the road to me. It's the the thing I would have liked about it more is if um, Spider-Man's meant to be like a super genius. So why mm -hmm. did Iron Man well, they, the suit? To me, they kind of showed that by having him rebuild, you know, take these old computers and fix them. Um, but again, he's also just a kid, so it's not like. I mean, I, I think you're right. They could have done a little bit better of a job because they were easily able to show how Shuri was a super genius. And she's a year younger than, than or she's about the same age, actually. She's the same age as, uh, as Peter. But I think their focus wasn't on his genius. Their, their focus was on, to me, I think, yeah, but I, I think his, like, his superhero focus was more on like a buddy aspect or like he has to figure out who he is. And I think that it would have worked better if it were closer to an origin story because we're kind of like with Spider-Man, we just kind of hit the ground running. Um, I don't need to see him get bitten by the spider again. And I don't need to hear Uncle Ben, you know, like if I never hear Uncle Ben, if, if I never see Uncle Ben get shot 
or see the Waynes die again, I'll be fine. As a matter of fact, if I if another Batman movie shows the Waynes getting shot again, I'm gonna riot. Like I don't we don't need to see that. We know what happened. Move on. Anyway, um, <laughs> my point is like there's with the um change with Spider Man. There's two things I would have changed. I would have had it so that he's not mini Iron Man, like he hasn't got the Iron exactly. Man suit, but it's Spider Man shaped. Uh, and I would have had a line where Aunt May says, you've been uh, something like, uh, you've been distant and um, different since Uncle Ben died. If they acknowledged that Uncle Ben died, but didn't like show it, it would have been better. But mainly it's the suit. I hate the suit. Because it's just Iron Man. I, I didn't have a problem with the suit, but I think I know what you're saying. Like, you have a problem with the fact that he didn't, upgrade his own suit it was given to him yeah iron man gave him an iron man junior costume right and that's exactly what i meant earlier when i said tony stark is becoming the wolverine of the mcu mm-hmm. he is being thrown into places where he doesn't belong because he's rdj and everybody loves him and spider-man homecoming was another one of those instances in my opinion have you seen- i think that it would have been a better movie had he not been pining for Tony Stark the whole time and he would have been more independent and they would have had a chance to show his intelligence by having him create his own suit. Have you um, played the Spider-Man PS4 game? I haven't. Like I told you, I'm, I'm old. I haven't played video games since the 90s. Well, well that's not true. I played the Phantom Menace um, when it came out in 2000-something. Uh, in that Spider-Man game... He, um, Pete Parker is like 30 and he creates his own suit and throughout the game you upgrade the suit uh, by doing video game stuff but he builds mm-hmm. his own suit and he's like oh cool there's these plans and I can add armor to my suit and stuff so if that had happened yeah, cool. if he had tinkered with his suit uh, to add the like scope and stuff that would have been good but it was just giving I think you know, have you heard of Nando V movies He's a YouTuber that like deconstructs films and Nando V does. movies. Yeah, Nando V movies. Okay, I have. Um, he has a he has a Man of Steel rewrite, and I have to say, first of all, I liked Man of Steel. I had no problem with it, but I have to admit his rewrite is so much better, and I kind of wish we'd gotten that movie. Um, but one of his things is he's the one of his problems with Man of Steel is that Superman gets the suit in the beginning. And he's just Superman. He doesn't earn it. Um, and so I think that kind of works so, with Spider-Man. He the just reason, gets the suit. Tony. The reason he doesn't earn it is because his dad is like, no, you can't save anyone. Don't save me or kids. Just let them die. It's fine. Who cares? And then his mom's like, yeah, he was right. You, um, you don't know this world of thing. It's a wonder he didn't become Brightburn. <laughs> I suggest you watch Nando V movies rewrite. Uh, he's, he does. He has a three-part Man of Steel rewrite, and soon he's gonna have the fourth part. But um, he covers that, and and he covers like all of those points. But um, one way that he changes it is Superman does not get the suit because he has to rush out of the um, while he's talking to Jor-El. He doesn't get because like you just kind of get an exposition dump in the in the ship. He has him not get that. It's interrupted, so he has to leave, and he doesn't get the suit. He doesn't get the suit until the end. And the suit doesn't come with the cape. His mom gives him the cape. And so anyway, like, but anyway, the point is he constructs the suit. And I think had we gotten that in Homecoming, take out Tony Stark almost entirely, 
you can maybe have like an Easter egg of Stark, but don't have him Spider-Man in the plot. You know what you do with Spider-Man? Spider-Man, sorry. Spider-Man is what I'm talking about. With Spider-Man, Tony Stark, <laughs> at the beginning of it, he gets a letter that's like, um, got, got the Avengers, not the Avengers, but just a seal that's for Tony Stark's uh, thing. And it's a grant. And he's like, you have a grant to study at this uh, school for gifted people. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he meets uh, MJ and everyone else at that school where they're inventing things. And so he invents his web shooters and he invents uh, the scope and everything else that he invents, but he invents it there and Tony Stark, and then he uses that to defeat the Vulture. Yeah. I think that would have been a much better movie than having Stark just show up and give him things and be like, okay, I'm going to take it away because you didn't earn it. Yeah, because like, instead of him taking it away because he didn't earn it, have him earn it. Have exactly. him show up in that stupid suit he had in the beginning, and then in Spider-Man Homecoming, we see him build the suit, and it's a great suit. Yeah, and then maybe, and then maybe the suit that he has in um, Endgame could be an upgrade that he and Tony have worked on together. Instead of Tony just being like, I'm a super genius, here it is. Exactly. So after that, we got Doctor Strange. Um, it was okay. Um, I, before watching that, I think a year or two before watching that, I had watched the cartoon Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, Marvel is excellent in their movies, but usually their cartoons kind of suck. So does the DC. But in general, it's just like DC is like the opposite. Yeah, DC's animated is like better than their movies. But the in this one case, I think the comic, the cartoon was better than the movie. I do like at the end of um, of it that he puts himself in a time loop, and yeah killed by the villain over and over again. Dumamu. Dumamu, I come to bargain. Dumamu, yeah. Um, and that's how he defeats it. That's a great scene. The rest of the movie is fine, but that scene in particular was awesome. But you know what? In the movie, they rushed it so much that they kind of, like, they kind of, they didn't even really montage his training. It was just like, okay, he reads some books, he tries some spells, he sucks at first, Next thing you know, he's Doctor Strange. And I'm like, wait, you skipped, like, years of training. <laughs> you just, just kind of, like, yada yada magical training. And something, something, magic, me, something, something, Wi-Fi password, something, something. Right? And, and to me, like, again, he, I don't feel he truly earned. Because that cartoon that I watched, uh-huh. you saw him. He tries, he fails. He tries, he fails. He tries, he fails. He tries, he gets it. And then the next time he fails. and you see it like so you watch him go through that but you have to see him fail so much because he was such an arrogant dick at the beginning so he has to be broken all the way down so that he can become a normal person and in the mcu he what he started out just as much an arrogant dick but he didn't fail as much and he's still kind of an arrogant dick (laughs) so i'm like yeah it's not quite the doctor strange that i would like I think the the cartoon did it better. Fair enough. And then after like his, that, his personal after that chronology uh, chronologically, we have 
the greatest movie, the best movie, the one that everyone loves and no one has a problem with, we have Inhumans, ladies and gentlemen, Inhumans. It's not even a movie, and I can't believe you just did that to me. I, I don't even appreciate that. I really don't. <laughs> I think you did that on purpose. Oh, me? No, no. Inhumans was released in cinemas. No, you, you, know, you could at least... You could at least start with in, with Agents of Shield. You could have like softballed it in. Sorry, you just went right. It's not on the list. What? No, How this is doesn't. Shield not on the list. This doesn't have the TV shows, but there was a pilot episode which was shown in cinemas in 3D. So it counts. Which sadly I hate to see, but I am am going to make an argument for. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. being on the list because, for one, we've already talked about Agent Carter, and That's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Point. is far more impactful to the movies. And two, again, there is an actual one-to-one, like, they do actually interact. Okay. For example, in Age of Ultron, everybody's like, how the hell, like, okay, you had Maria Hill show up, and you had Nick Fury show up. How did they know where they were? And where the hell did that Quinjet come from? I thought in Captain America Winter Soldier, they were all destroyed. Yeah, well, if you watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you'd know. <laughs> so. Fair enough. I, didn't, I stopped watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it was bad and boring and stupid. You stopped watching in the first season, didn't you? You're darn right I did. Well, that's your problem because it actually gets better by every half season. Oh, good. To the point where by the time the third season happened, it was my favorite television show. Okay, that's cool. So, okay, I, now we have to talk about it because you just said you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. So, admittedly, it is a slow burn. You have to earn the payoff. The first 13 episodes are like, ugh, who are these characters? I don't care. <laughs> okay, you're like, get to the action. Get to blowing shit up. I want comics. Can, can Thor or somebody show up? And then, like, I don't think Nick Fury even shows up until the end of season one. Um, so the first, like, the first half of the first season, super slow burn. But not unimportant because it was doing character development. And there is a reason why it was so slow. Because it tied into, there's this thing, you know, there's the turn. Mm-hmm. And the turn happens along, and the turn happens not in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but in Captain America Winter Soldier. When you're watching the first season of, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., everything's hunky-dory. It's just like Iron Man. You know, they're S.H.I.E.L.D., the S.H.I.E.L.D. agency. And they're investigating this threat, and you're like, ugh, why do I even care? Like, this is so stupid. But then it starts to get a little bit interesting because you're like, wait a minute. Why did Ward do that? Wait, why did John Garrett do that? Why is Coulson doing this? And what's up with Sky? <laughs> you're starting to ask questions. You're not really caring all that much, but you're starting to ask questions. But then you go watch... Captain America Winter Soldier. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Steve Rogers just destroyed S.H.I.E.L.D. What's, how is there a, more of an episode? And then you watch it and you're like, Hydra. And then it gets better. And now every episode gets better. And you're like, okay, that was serviceable. I'm going to cut back for the second season. Especially if they keep tying into the movies. Every single season has tied into the biggest movie that comes out that during that time. Okay. All six seasons have tied into a movie. Um... <clears throat> Even Endgame mentions Thanos, and there's a Kree situation, so it kind of ties into uh, Captain Marvel, too. But, uh, I mean, not Endgame, I mean, season, uh, season six mentions Thanos, and they have Kree, like, the whole season six is all about, is, like, the Kree are there. Um, but some people didn't like season six, and I can see why they didn't like it. I even had times when I was like, eh, but season 
or I'm sorry, season, season five, season five so far. But season four was phenomenal. Season four introduced Ghost Rider. I heard about and that. How's he? He well, you gotta watch it. <laughs> it was it was great. So um, they also introduced LMDs, and they had this whole the whole like half season where basically they're in like the MCU version of the Matrix, mm-hmm. and the characters are all completely different. Characters that died in previous seasons are now alive inside this. It, it's like the Matrix, but it's called. Um, Oh crap! I forgot what it's called. Uh, the framework. It's called the framework. And so you, ha- dude, you gotta watch it. I watch. It's good. So season two introduces I watch five seasons, but I'll watch like the highlight episodes because five seasons is a big commitment. Well, it well, okay, fair enough. But at the same time, like they're the highlights aren't gonna do it service because you're going to like, like I said, it's like the. It's like the dessert for eating your vegetables. So you got to slog, you got to eat your peas, which are nasty and nobody wants to eat them. That's the first season. But if you <laughs> get sweet, then you get the carrot cake at the end. <laughs> so, and then from then on, it's just like a smorgasbord of now you get to choose. Now you're an adult and you get to choose what you want. That's what the subsequent later seasons are like. So, because <laughs> I tell people this all the time. People are like, hey, this field sucks. And I'm like, you stopped watching in the first season, didn't you? Yes, exactly. Because it's <laughs> I I don't dismiss this. And I admit that the first season did suck. It sucked so much. It did. But you know what? It was still a hundred times better than the other one that you just ambushed me with. Yeah. Because at least the best one. Agency. The other one, I literally, I was, I wanted to quit at episode four. And by the time I like in the middle of episode seven, I was like, fuck this. I'm not even like, I, I can't even force myself to do this anymore. I don't care that it's CMCU. I'm not doing this. And I stopped watching it. And I was like, I don't even care that there are only three episodes left. I am done. And I stopped because I'm not, I'm not doing that to myself. I'm not a masochist. Why would I do that to myself? <laughs> do, you watch, um, do you watch the movie Trivia Showdown? I have not watched that in a long time. One I watched the, it like in the very, but not lately. Uh, one of the best critics that I know, uh, William Bibiani and Whitney Steibold, they have a podcast called Cancel Too Soon, which is uh, a podcast where they talk about seasons of TV that were cancelled after one season. Mm-hmm. And they And as soon as the trailer for Inhumans came out, Everyone's like, you got to do it humans. And they're like, it technically hasn't been canceled yet. But as soon as that trailer came out, everyone's like, this is going to get canceled. It looks terrible. It's n- and no one's going to watch it. Except for you, you masochist. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? The reason why is because I am willing to give anything a chance. So I gave it a chance. But like my- I said, I saw, I saw the first episode in the theater and everybody was like, it's, and I was the only one in theater, by the way. <laughs> My favorite part about that is that... The 3D theater, I was the only person. And I was like, well, you know what? It wasn't terrible, but it was certainly not pay $18 worthy. Yep. With, um, so, with Inhumans, they canceled it because they're like, oh, we're getting X-Men back? Oh, my God, this sucks. So Inhumans was basically B-list x at the time they canceled in humans, the Fox deal was far, like it's not even settled right now. And this is like two years later. Sure, it was far from terrible. a sure thing. 
I think they canceled. I think ABC canceled it because it the ratings just weren't there. It was terrible. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, it was legitimately a terrible show, and I watched both seasons of Iron Fist, and I just couldn't do it to myself any longer. Like they, why would they even retcon the main character? Why, like, why would why did they make it so that Black Bolt was a teenager when he got his powers? Black Bolt was an infant. They gave Medusa a haircut in the first step. See, don't I'm I don't even want to I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> how are you gonna give? How you gonna give everybody's powers in the beginning when you haven't even established their powers yet? You can't establish their powers in like in in flashback scenes and act like we're gonna give a shit. No, it's just so stupid. And it got to the, and then they took like the worst thing that they did to her was not even give her a haircut. Because to me, if they had shaved her head at the like in episode ten, that's another thing. They pull, they totally pulled the DC. They tried to rush it. They like in the second episode or by the end of the first episode, they had Maximus go crazy and like kick him out. No, you need to spend the entire first season on Adeline. You need to world build. You need to explain who they are, establish their characters, and then have him go crazy at the end so that there is an emotional payoff for when her hair gets cut. Because then we're like, no, that's her power. And we give a shit. We don't give a shit in the second episode. I think it was the first episode. I don't even remember. It's so stupid. I only saw the first episode. I'm like, wow, this sucks. Um, Yeah. Okay, let's move away from that. Talk about (laughs) Ant-Man. We already did Ant-Man and the Wasp, didn't we? No, we didn't. We did the first Ant-Man. No, because I remember saying that it was was fine for for Ant-Man and the Wasp. It was fine, but it just wasn't wasn't anything special necessarily. Sure. I think that's pretty much that pretty much sums it up. Like it was it, to me, it was like levity because the stakes were going to get so high because like, you know, half of the planet or half of the universe has blinked out of existence. So we need to bring it back down a little bit. We need to, we need to have some giant uh, ants. Uh, <laughs> we discussed Thor Ragnarok. Um, but I'd like to point out that it has the best character. Uh, Loki? The soft-spoken rock monster that has Korg. The, we needed to start a revolution, but I forgot to print out enough flyers. So it was just my mum and her uh, boyfriend, who I hate, uh, <laughs> and I. I love him. He's great. He was the best character. Oh my god! You do realize that whole explanation was paper beats rock, right? Yeah. It's awesome. Rock, paper, the whole thing was a rock, paper, scissors joke. Yeah. I thought, such a fucking great movie. Oh, like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. He's like I love Taika. And I want him to be in every movie. Not just MC, <laughs> every movie. Every, every, like, just every movie from now on. Bring in Korg. Jedi. The Last Jedi would have been better if just in the middle of it, Korg was there. Just hang it out. You know, I agree with that. <laughs> Finally, we have Infinity War. Indeed. We skipped a lot of movies, though. Oh, I didn't care. <laughs> this is my way over time. And technically, Infinity War is not the final movie. No. You're forgetting about Captain Marvel. We discussed Captain Marvel, like, way back. We were going in chronological order. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, okay, so... 
Infinity. Well, technically, if we're going chronological order, Infinity War comes before Ant Man. Yeah, before Ant Man and the Wasp. No, because I'm just saying. You got Ant Man and the Wasp, and then in the at the end of that, they got dusted. So they were going in the same time, and then by the time it ended, also Infinity War ended. Right. Like, don't Uh, ask me. (laughs) So okay, so they were concurrent, technically. They were concurrent. Yeah. So Infinity War. Infinity War. Off his stupid chair, and it's like (laughs) I'm gonna do it myself. And then eight movies later, he did send out someone else to do it for him, Uh, doing it himself. Here's the thing, (laughs) Uh, and this is going to be a very unpopular opinion. Okay. First of all, I have to preface by saying I loved Infinity War. The movie was made for me. Okay. It was it was entirely made for someone who was like I've seen every single movie 15 times. Okay. But objectively. That does not a good movie make. It because if you so. had not seen any of the... You, with Infinity War, they're like, okay, uh, it's pretentious. No, not pretentious. I think it's pretentious, technically. Because it's, it's, a, it's saying, you've seen all this. This is for everyone who's seen it. This, they all exactly. Used millions of dollars. You've seen all the Marvel movies. See this one. If you haven't, by... 27 movies, uh, if you haven't seen them, then you don't care. And we have, exactly. and we have enough see, audience. So we can- And as a fan, I love that because it was made for me, but objectively that makes it not good. <laughs> that makes it, because in order to understand the characters and their motivation, the only character we were introduced to was Thanos. All other characters had pre-existing origins, and if you didn't know it, screw you. You should have watched the movies. But, the Avengers didn't. But, if you remember in the original Avengers, there was a catch-up scene for all of them. There was no such catch-up scene. This movie starts a couple hours after Ragnarok. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like, you don't movie, know what's going on. You should have paid attention. Yeah, the, the movie is like, we assume that you've seen this. That doesn't make it bad. That makes it brilliant. Because it's like, after all this... This is our season finale. This is our season right. finale. I'm not talking, like I said, I love the movie and I love that it was made for me. But objectively, if you're looking at a movie, like if you, if you take, take away from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you're looking at any film, right? Uh-huh. Perfect example, Fantastic Beast, okay? If I haven't seen any of the Harry Potter films, will I understand what's going on? Will I be able to follow along? If not, if I rely, if the movie itself, if the plot relies on prior knowledge from other films, objectively, that makes it not good. Actually, no. And it's one of those movies. I now, taking, agree. I think taking that, that away, if you have seen, if you're seeing Infinity War, you know that Infinity War will be the finale of like all of the other movies. So if you need to catch up, you can. And if you have a basic understanding of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you'll pick it up. I didn't see Doctor Strange or Thor Ragnarok uh, before I saw Infinity War. I, and, I, and I didn't see Doctor Strange. I didn't see a lot of movies before I saw Infinity War. But I picked it up because I'm like, okay, cool. Magic Guy Cake, got it. Okay, so here's a question. Since you hadn't seen Ragnarok, I have. Well, now I know you... You've seen it now, but you hadn't seen it before Infinity War, right? Yeah. So were you not confused as to what was going on with Thor himself? Uh, 
I was like, oh, he must have lost an eye in a movie in that movie I didn't see. <laughs> and the sister that you'd never heard of? I was like, all right, cool. They introduced a new character. It doesn't matter who cares. Or why he was on that ship in the first place. Ah, space gods and space things. With all of Asgard. I did not know there was now Asgard. People. I thought that it was just a few people from Asgard. Exactly. Um, and why is he buddy-buddy with Loki all of a sudden? And why the hell is the Hulk on that ship? Look. The fact that I didn't know, and uh, and didn't and knew the um, and liked the movie anyway, proves mm-hmm. my point. If you know, right. if you know the MCU as a whole, you can be like, okay, cool. They a bunch of stuff happened in movies I didn't see. Got it. <laughs> okay. Now and also, technically, thematically, like Thor's tone is drastically different because of the events of Ragnarok. His, his tone in Infinity War is drastically different because of Ragnarok. Because before that, he was like the dumb jock who was carefree and happy and nothing ever bothered him. And now he is a man on a mission. He is going to kill Thanos. And that came from all of the events that he went through in Ragnarok. He had the biggest character change in the movie that just preceded it. Fair enough. Let's talk about Endgame. Okay. Okay, so Endgame happens and they, and it's great, we assume. So, <laughs> and it's great, Captain Marvel isn't overpowered and doesn't save the world all by herself because that would be stupid. <laughs> team movie and they team up, they save everyone, they defeat Thanos somehow, uh, they undo the snap, everything's fine. And everyone loves it, makes $2 billion, it makes $4 billion, uh, it's great. Um, what happens after that? Okay. Well, I don't know because I'm not 100% on board with your whole plan. Um, you say they reverse everything, Thanos is defeated, everything goes back to normal. I don't think at all that is going to happen. Well, you, I have, think- the, well, you have Spider-Man uh, Black, uh, and Black Panther 2 coming out. So you know that right. they to at least undo the dusting. Even if they don't um, status quo. Okay, so as far as Spider-Man Far From Home, I'm pretty sure that actually takes place before Infinity War. Um, but I'm going to say, you're right, there are other movies coming out. But I do think that, I don't think that it's like, I love how you call it, the undusting. Um, <laughs> I, I do think that the snap will be undone and everyone who died due to the snap will come back. However, I do not believe that everyone who died will come back. I don't think Loki's coming back. Um, I don't know about Gamora. I would have said she... Actually, I originally thought she wouldn't come back, but then they were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and I'm like, we well, can't really have her have Guardians of the Galaxy 3 without Gamora. But then James Gunn left the project, so I'm like, well, yeah, you can, if you're going to reboot it. So now I'm, I don't really know her fate. But I think everyone who died pre-snap stays dead. I think when they undo the snap, they just undo the snap. I also think that all of the original Avengers will no longer be avenging at the end of Infinity War. I don't know if they die. I just know that I don't think that they... I think that this is the end of the first part of the Avengers. And after that, our Avengers will be like Captain Marvel, Black Panther, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it will be, it'll be the original six anymore. 
I, I don't think we will. Uh, Chris Evans uh, tweeted that he's leaving Marvel. Uh, and so is Robert Downey Jr. But I'm betting that if they don't kill them, uh, which they don't have to, but if they don't kill them, they could still be in for cameos, like Captain America's cameo in um, For the Dark World or uh, Spider-Man. Right. Um, that's what I said. Like, I don't know that they're going to die. I just don't. I think the, I think the Avengers as we know them of, from the first movie, those six people, they are no longer going to be the Avengers. Now it's going to be more like the West Coast Avengers, I guess. It's going to be the Avengers that are, that were set up after Age of Ultron. What do you think? So it'll be um, like Rhodey and, and, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be the second tier Avengers being led now by Spider-Man, Black Panther, and um, Captain Marvel, and whomever else we meet along the way. Uh, Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye. I love all the memes of Hawkeye. It's like the reason Hawkeye was in every Avengers movie they won. The moment he leaves, they lose. Therefore, Hawkeye is the best Avenger. <laughs> I don't think we'll have Hawkeye anymore, because for one, we don't have Hawkeye now. In Endgame, he's not Hawkeye. He's Ronan. Well, it doesn't matter. They're going to call him Hawkeye. He's going to act like Vernon, but they'll call him Hawkeye because they're not going to bother <laughs> with that. But I, I think that after this happens, he will, really will retire. I don't think we're getting the original Avengers anymore. Like you said, maybe in a cameo here and there, I don't think he's going to be an Avenger anymore. I think from now on, our Avengers are going to be, like you said, Scarlet Witch, Ant-Man, um, Spider-Man, uh, Falcon. Spider-Man, Black Panther, and it's going to be led by Captain Marvel. I don't want her to lead. She's a new character, and I don't like the idea of her leading the team. I would have, I would like uh, Black Panther to lead. That'd be good. Here's the thing, though. Black Panther is a bit too much of a rogue. He's not that much of a team player. But he's He kind of already. joins the Avengers when he needs to, but his main thing is being king. Whereas Carol Danvers doesn't really have anything to do. She is the perfect replacement for Steve Rogers. One thing and that uh, they said, is what uh, Kevin Feige, I think, said is that if they knew how big uh, Black Panther would be, they wouldn't have dusted him. And I'm like, well, of course he's going to be big. You're an idiot. <laughs> well, um, I actually like that they dusted him because in the comics, he disappeared during the sap. Well, true, but you... He wasn't in, like, one and a half movies. Yes. But see, again, you're... So when you say, like, you don't want um, Captain Marvel to be the leader, you haven't watched Captain Marvel yet, so you haven't even really seen her or, or a power set. By the end of Infinity War, she will have had one and a half movies, just like Black Panther has, which you're commenting on right now. Look, I'm nothing if not a hypocrite. I'm just saying, like, power-wise, she is the strongest of the uh, heroes that we have right now. And as far as strategy, yes, Black Panther is excellent at strategy. But again, he's king of an entire nation. He's got better shit to do than run around with the Avengers all day. My so he kind of comes and he joins when he can. And Peter Parker is smart, but he's kidding. My favorite huh? comparison that anyone ever came up with was uh, Black Panther is Batman if he was the king. It's like if Batman was the king. And I'm like, eh, Black Panther, Batman was the king. And if Batman was anywhere near as rich as T'Challa, which he is not. Yeah, but um, Bat Bruce Wayne has uh, comic book uh, fuck you money. <laughs> so if he, if in the comics he, 
like in um, uh, Return of the Cape Crusader, Batman has a uh, rocket that's shaped like Batman. It's got his face on the side, and he has like a helmet. With that. I love that stupid '60s cartoon movie based on the car- based on the show. It's great, but it's like he has money so that we can do whatever we want. At what point are we going to discuss Bruce Wayne's narcissism? Because he's just like every damn thing being bats. Like that's just too much. Wonder Woman's helicopter, which she doesn't need because she can fly, is invisible. Huh? It's called branding. (laughs) Yeah, but okay. So I get it from a but from from an in-universe standpoint, it makes no damn sense why this guy who's trying to be like hush hush is like bat everything. I eat bat cereal and drink bat beer. It's like, come on, man. Welcome to the bat. <laughs> this is my Batmobile with my bat wing and uh, bat tower and bat chest set and uh, <laughs> bat. Uh, what is it? Alphabet soup thermos. I think that Lego movie, the Lego Batman, like perfectly displayed how I feel about Batman. Bat <laughs> like Helen, you're ridiculous. <laughs> I love the bat shark repellent. It's so dumb. And it proves how <laughs> much of a planner Batman is because the bat shark repellent. So Batman is such a paranoid, um, so paranoid that he has bat shark repellent in his copter. He plans for a midnight <laughs> shark attack. <laughs> I think it's more that he plans if he crashes into the ocean, he could use it. I don't think he's thinking that like Sharknado is a real thing. <laughs> okay, just in case I'm within distance of both my shark and a helicopter, I need <laughs> to have this in the helicopter and not my utility belt. Right. And the thing that gets me comics wise is the fact that he legit found out, he knew the identities of everyone in the Justice League and their weaknesses and had on hand in his utility belt a way to defeat all of them, including Superman. I'm starting to think Batman is a bad person. (laughs) Let's face it. He has a mental disorder, but he's so rich he can get away with it. And that sadly is the most realistic part of superhero movies. (laughs) Um, Okay. After Endgame... What do you think the audience drop-off will be? Because I know a few people, and it's not much, but I know a few people who are like, I have watched um, superhero movies for literally decades. After end, after Endgame, it's the finale, and I don't want to commit myself to another 20 years. I'm like that. After Endgame, I don't know whether or not I'm watching it. So you want to know when superhero fatigue is going to set in? No, because like I think that's already set in. Uh, in general, okay. and it's still making millions of dollars so that's fine so what i'm wondering is <laughs> what do you think the drop-off will be of people that are waiting for end game so that they can finish honestly that depends entirely upon the producers um so there are two steps to this one there's marvel alone and two there's dc so dc is finally learning hey we kind of fucked up like yeah all of the movies so <laughs> let's go ahead let's 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 just start over and let's give james wan a chance it's like oh people liked it cool they like they gave patty jenkins a chance they gave james wan a chance everybody's looking forward to shazam the reason why i'm bringing up dc is because even if marvel drops off but dc picks up 
that's not going to stop the superhero fatigue. It's just going to transfer everything from Marvel to DC. That's true. But if he fucks up, and if Marvel afterwards, so the second part is what does Marvel follow up Endgame with? If Marvel follows up Endgame with, with more movies that are kind of out of the park, for example, after we saw the Avengers, the first Avengers, we thought, that's it. It doesn't get better than this. And then we saw Iron Man 3 and we were like, we were right. It didn't get better than the Avengers. <laughs> and then we saw Thor the Dark World. Excuse me. We saw Thor the Dark World. And we were like, yep, they peaked at Avengers. But then Captain America Winter Soldier came out and we were like, okay, maybe we were a little too quick to judge. And then Guardians of the Galaxy came out and we were like, whoa, what is this? Okay, we're back on the Marvel bus. You see what I mean? So it depends entirely on what Marvel does. If they keep finding new genres to tap in within that superhero market and they tell interesting stories in a really entertaining way, who knows? They could go on for decades. Or maybe they'll be like the 1992 Dallas Cowboys in Self-Destruct. Nobody knows. So it depends on what they do. Assuming that they don't destruct, we're in the skin phase of super, where we had like fewer superheroes. But now we have superhero mm-hmm. movies that are coming on being superhero movies with Deadpool um, and with uh, Brightburn and uh, Glass. Those movies. Okay, see, that's another seen. thing. So that's another, that's a third part that I completely forgot about when I was answering that question. See, I was commenting on the state of the MCU as it exists. But in a couple of months, the MCU is going to get all their characters back which means they can completely, they can pull a new 52 and reboot the whole damn thing and be like, bye, RDJ and Chris Evans. We've got the X-Men now. Wolverine's here. Fuck you, DC. We win. And if that happens, it starts all over again. If they reboot, that'll be great because they have um, all their characters back. So they can have like, okay, we're going to do Captain Marvel. I'm going to keep the actors or whatever. So what we're going right. to do is we're going to have it connect with like if they rebooted up Endgame, I'd be one hundred percent on board because this has gone on for way too long. <laughs> it's just one decade. You make it sound like it's been like three. It's just one decade, but it is one of the longest cinematic universes there is. Yeah. Um, but still, yeah, I think that as long as they keep giving us good stories from a fresh perspective, sure. and what I mean. By is like look at winter soldier the reason why we liked it so much is because who thought a comic book movie could be a spy espionage film i think one of the best things that marvel did was change the genre and that's what dc is doing now too exactly. but like one is a heist movie with ant-man one is a political um action movie with uh black panther one is space wizards uh one star wars I saw you try to sneak it in there again. It's still not Star Wars. The reason, um, the reason Best in Adventure is my favorite movie is not because Captain, Mar- uh, Captain America is my favorite superhero, which he is, mm-hmm. but it's because it's a war movie and it's made by the same guy who made The Rocketeer. And I'm like, that makes perfect sense. I liked The Rocketeer, but admittedly, I did not like Captain America, the first Avenger, the first time around. Like I said, I've come to like it, but I loved Winter Soldier when I saw it. It is still my favorite. Winter Soldier, Civil War, and The Avengers are my top three movies, and I cannot say one, two, three. 
because they're I, all great. They're, they're all great. We're dealing with like nines and tens, and then a couple of sixes, and then at least one seven, and then in uh, in humans, which is just it's awful. still not a movie. Stop putting that in the movies. It's not a damn movie. <laughs> all right, fine. Um, so yeah, even so, with with all this, we can safely say that the MCU is probably going to be okay. Unless yeah, I think the MCU is just going to be a thing, like from now on. Like I'm sure that there's going to be a kid that was born in 2008 that is just his whole life. There have been MC, there have been Marvel movies. He's not going to know that there was ever a pre-superhero genre time and that like early batman movies were terrible early superman movies were terrible because you're gonna think like hey all super like the superhero genre is going to be a real thing for this for this like next generation i don't see it going anywhere anytime soon simply because like i said it looks like dc is kind of learning their lesson and because marvel's about to get their characters and once they do the best thing they can do is just reboot it and then just start again with like X-Men and all the other stuff. And if I was them, that I'd keep them separate. Keep, keep I think they're, I think after it, <coughs> excuse me, I think after Endgame, they're gonna start with, um, hang on. <coughs> like after Endgame, they're gonna start going back to individual movies. Yeah, exactly. They got Spider-Man coming out after Endgame. Um, and then, um, so like right now, you get like a couple of, <coughs> you get a couple of of um of individual movies <clears throat> leading up. Hang on. Okay. <coughs> My throat got like really dry for a minute. Um, you have a couple of individual movies uh-huh. leading up to a big Avengers movie. I think they're gonna go away from that formula after Endgame, and it's gonna be like the reverse of DC. They're gonna go mainly individual movies. And they're not going to do the big team-ups as much. With um, people are saying they want something bigger than killing half the universe with a snap. And I was like, no, just, just keep it small. No one cares. Exactly. That's why I think they're going to do that. I think because after you do, after you kill off half the universe and you have like, you introduce the most, power over, the most overpowered villain to date, and then you introduce the most overpowered hero to date, the only you have to restart you have to go back to the beginning because you can't keep going up from there you have to you know if you keep it like a circle like if you keep cycling you can keep going forever you can just you know keep going keep going but if you're only going if your trajectory is just one way and you're just going up 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 up, it has to be bigger 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 then you're gonna you're gonna loon you're gonna burst you're gonna lose it do you know what i I think they by looking at things like ant-man they know that they have to come down some so i think they're gonna just cycle what I would do for like the next big team up movie is I'd have, uh, I don't know how scrolls work, but I know that they're shapeshifting. So, and they are used as infiltration in the comics at least. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so I cannot respond to that because I've seen Captain Marvel and I've seen what happens with the scrolls. So I would be doing, getting into spoiler territory to comment on that. Okay. But what I would have done, what I was thinking, is that they could have scrolls slowly replace the Avengers and uh, other people around the Avengers, so that it's just like six heroes versus all the scrolls, and they have to rescue. Yeah, you, you want to do Secret War, where the scrolls take over like half the Avengers, 
and you don't know what's going on, why. And that's what a lot of people thought was a lot of people thought that was either going to happen in Captain Marvel or it would happen after. And again, I cannot comment on that without giving away Captain Marvel spoilers. Fair enough. I think, I think that's fair. And at, uh, the other stuff that I've mentioned is just like little things that happen in the movie, but this is an actual plot spoiler, if I say anything. Okay, and it doesn't matter anyway. It's just speculation. So, <laughs> okay. Okay, I think that's, that'll do it. We've been talking for like two hours. That's so, all. I love how you were like on, on Facebook, you were like, could you talk for an hour about movies? <laughs> and then you're like, yes, <laughs> yes, I could. <laughs> okay, so here's what we're going to do now. I'm going to get my timer out. Okay. And I need my timer because you're just going to talk. You have two minutes to this to uh, tell everyone where they can follow you and um, then just um, let the people know where they can find you. Ready? Go. I don't really have anything. I mean, I have YouTube, but I don't ever, like, I don't make videos or anything. I know, that was totally not the ending you were looking for. <laughs> but I want to talk to you again. This is to be... If, if you want to come on the podcast again, I am 100% down for that. That works. All right. Um, you can follow me at Aussie Nerd Pod on Twitter, uh, Aussie Nerd on Facebook, uh, and my Letterboxd uh, account is Aussie Nerd. I'm very, very good at branding. <laughs> but most importantly, subscribe to this podcast feed. Uh, it's a great time, and each a week, we're going to talk to another movie fan. Thank you, Jackie. This was amazing. Awesome. I'll definitely come back. Excellent. I can't wait.